Brad Stein, coach of Tommy Paul. Thank you very much for speaking to the ATP podcast. No problem. I'm happy to do it. Uh, Brad, we've spoken to you a lot on uh, ATP podcast before, and you're always so wise, and you've been doing some commentary recently. Yeah, I've actually really, really enjoyed it. I got lucky a couple of years ago when I was with Kevin Anderson, uh, and he was injured 2019, had to withdraw from the U.S. Open, and... Uh, I talked to a friend of mine there that was doing some work with the commentary and, and they put me in touch with the uh, producers there and I did about a three and a half minute interview and, um, and yeah, they put me on with, uh, with the World Feed group and I really enjoyed it and then since then I've, I've done uh, one year of ATP Cup in Perth, which worked out perfectly, Tommy was on the team and, um, and then they picked me up for the Australian Open and I've been doing Australian Open since then and the US Open since then and I really enjoyed it, it's really fun. You're a highly experienced coach. How does commentating help you in the job you do? To be honest with you, it helps you a lot as a coach. And I've come to realize that uh, the guys that do it on a regular basis, Mark Petchy, Robbie Koenig, Jim Currier, um, all those guys are probably the most knowledgeable people in the world about how you should play against any of the top players because they've seen them play a million times in the commentary. They watch them match after match through the tournaments. And um, so they understand and see their tendencies. And from my standpoint as an analyst, um, obviously when you're doing TV, you, you have to really be on top of what's going on. You have to watch every single point and be aware of what's happening. And then you're breaking it down verbally. And I think it's really good from a coaching standpoint. So how have you put that into your coaching role now with Tommy Paul? Well, it's given me a chance to see a lot more guys. So I've seen a lot more of uh, whether it's top guys, not just the top guys, but but. Uh, players in general that I haven't necessarily sat and watched the entirety of a match with before. So now I'm seeing them playing matches from start to finish. And so I, I consider it a little advantage, actually, that I, that I get to do that. Um, when I'm doing commentary, I always sort of write notes if I've noticed something in particular. Do you find you do that? You know, I'm, I'm uh, to this point... I'm getting a little older, but but I have a I have a memory like a steel trap, <laughs> like everything just kind of sticks in my head for some reason. So I don't write a lot of things down, and um, but I, I tend to be able to draw on the, the memories and things that I've seen, um, and and I will reach out to guys that I know um, have seen those players and that I respect, you know, and and that kind of jogs your memory and puts you in place with what you're thinking also. How long have you been coaching? Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think I think my very first ever credential from a from a tournament was 1986 U.S. Open, and that was when I was working for the USTA with the uh, with the U.S. Junior National Team. It was Courier, Sampras, Chang were on that team, and um, and so yeah, it, it started then. And then, as far as being on the tour. I started really full-time with Jim in, in uh, 1991. We started the end of 1990 and then started in 1991. And I've had a few little breaks here and there. I ran a little academy of my own for a while. And, um, and then I went back and worked for the USTA for a few years in Florida. And uh, so, that I mean, during that time, I was still coaching at the pro level, but it was more at the challenger level with some of the guys that were trying to work their way up. So it's been a long time, that's for sure. So 1991, you started working with Jim. So you said your memory is like a steel trap. Can you <laughs> seriously go back to 1991? I can. I'm, the, first <laughs> the first tournament that Jim and I went to was in, uh, was in Adelaide. And um, Jim, the previous year, I clearly remember 
um, talking with Jim and Jim bringing up the fact that the previous year, I think he had made eight or ten quarterfinals, but he hadn't gotten past a quarterfinal. So that was one of our goals uh, for the year. He made he made semis the first week in Adelaide. Um, I mean, Jose Higueras and I were involved with him together, and I remember sitting down with Jose before we left on that trip and him giving us some specific things within Jim's game to, to really work on and pay attention to. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff for sure, but, uh, you know, great memories from those, from those time periods. And um, so it's, it's pretty easy to bring some of that stuff back. Jim Courier is, I agree, an excellent commentator and an analysis. And he's, I remember saying that Tommy Paul in the fitness tests in the USTA um, actually ranked the best out of all the American players. I don't know if you agree with that or if you've seen the fitness levels. Is that something that really has uh, brought Tommy the success that he's had? Um, that's an interesting one. I think since you started out with Jim there and then went to Tommy, Jim would not be very happy to suggest that Tommy was in as good a shape as he was probably. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that he is either. But, but you, you know, the first... The first year that Tommy and I worked together, we started just after the U.S. Open in 2019, and uh, we went to the Australian Swing in January, and he made third round of, of the Australian Open, and that was the first time that he had been past the first round of a Grand Slam. He played four sets in the first match, and then he beat uh, Grigor Dimitrov in a really tough, long five-setter, and, and that was a big education for him because... Uh, going into the third round, he had still not fully recovered in any way, shape, or form, and he was playing a very in-form Martin Fuchevic and uh, basically got beat up in that match. And part of that was um, that he was, he was just hesitant to really push himself in the match because he was so sore and stiff still from the previous two matches, and he was actually concerned that he was going to cramp in the match. And it was hard for him to let himself just go. And so... That education led to him making a much greater commitment to his fitness. And um, Tommy works with a strength and conditioning coach in Florida named Franco Herrero. And, uh, and Tommy and Franco have a very, very good relationship. Um, Tommy allows Franco to push him to his absolute limits. And Franco does. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know... They've done a great job, and Franco's done a great job with Tommy, and Tommy's done a great job from the standpoint of allowing Franco to do that and, and recognizing that if he wanted to make the jump to the next level, uh, that he needed to improve upon his fitness. And, and I, I would say that he's, um, he's on a par with anybody that you want to measure with, really, at, at the tour level now. Does having great fitness help with all the different changes of surface? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think there's no doubt about that. You know that, and, and I think fitness in general. You know, I always say semi-jokingly, but semi-seriously, that, that the most important thing about being a tennis player is tennis. But the second most important thing is your fitness. Mm -hmm. And um, and at this level, um, you have to be capable in the Grand Slams for men's tennis of basically running a marathon, resting one day and coming back and running another marathon, and. And the thing that's always interesting about it is that you may not run a marathon. You, you may win in straight sets, and it's, it's relatively easy. You know, it's never easy, easy, but it may be relatively easy. Or you may be out there for four and a half, five, five and a half, six hours. And, and then you have to come back and play again. And so the bottom line is that the players have to train and be prepared to run those marathons, even if they never happen. And, and that's one of the interesting balances that we have within tennis. 
the, the regular tour events where you're playing two out of three, you know, most guys are, are not going to have too many physical issues in those kind of matches, except maybe in the U.S. swing during the summer when it's uh, just blistering and the humidity is really yeah. brutal. But, but in general, you know, the, the, the two out of threes aren't that tough. It's the, it's the slams that really test the guys from the standpoint of their fitness, and, and everybody needs to train and be prepared for those. I heard the uh, fitness trainer of Stefano Sitsipas talking about how much he was twisting and turning over 700 times twisting and going one way and the other and that's just so physically difficult yeah absolutely i mean tennis tennis is a, a sport that that involves um it's so interesting because you do play longer durations so the, the the sport and the matches become more aerobic but basically you're doing a million i mean i you just said 700 so i don't know how many it is but you're doing a ton of anaerobic movements throughout each point and, um, and so you really have to be able to train and be pre prepared for those. And, and that's, it's being able to do those explosive movements over a long period of time in a manner that you're not losing a step, you're not getting slower, because obviously we know if you're not, if you're not be able to get in the right position to hit the ball, mm. chances are you're going to make a lot more mistakes. Are you in contact with Tommy's fitness trainer regularly and sort of talking over his uh, numbers? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we chat all the time and uh, I'll give him input about uh, what I'm seeing from the standpoint of how he's producing his movement or, or playing. I mean, we've, we've never really had a situation where I've had to say, look, he's not in good enough shape or anything like that. He's been in very good shape. So, um, But I will talk to him and and give him some input about about specifics in relationship to movement and and other things like that movement patterns sometimes that he'll then apply in their training and brad you're in very good shape i was actually watching your practice and you're constantly talking with tommy all the time giving him advice talking about the match ahead is that something that you've always done how do you know we're talking about the match ahead <laughs> There's, there's a good possibility we could be talking about some of the spectators outside that are watching practice. No, we, we have a very good rapport, um, pretty relaxed. Uh, I, I, Tommy, I've found since the start of our time together, has been a, a very coachable player. Um, he receives information really well. I, I think he actually, um, despite his reputation sometimes, has a very high tennis IQ. Uh, understands the game really well and understands his own game well, which I think is important for players to actually recognize your own strengths and weaknesses as a player. Brad Stein, you've been wonderful. Thank you very much for your time and uh, we'll have you on the ATP podcast next week, I'm sure. All right, thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs>